0: Hi, and welcome to Pass Her the Mic, a lifestyle, wellness, personal development mini-series with your host, yours truly, DeAndra Kanu. Let's welcome our guest, Sarah Garrett, to the podcast. Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. No problem. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm excited because this is our first episode. Not sure if this is going to actually air as the first episode, but she is letting me harass her today on the episode. Can't wait. Um so let's just start off with how Sarah and I met. Do you remember how we met?
1: Yeah, so it was through a mutual friend, Ajazi, and we did just like a picnic kind of nearby I think. Um and we we're just like all hanging out for the day. Yeah. It was very relaxed. It was. It was I met her on Easter. I
0: think it was Easter. Oh, Easter. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Last year when I first moved to LA and from there I've just been following you mm-hmm. and Keeping up with your content, and I just admire and appreciate the way that you do your content. Thank you. I think I feel like you've grown since I even started following you. Mm-hmm. But essentially, I just feel like you're very much into empowering women and their food decisions and the healthy lifestyle, but also having a fun lifestyle, so it's not so strict and um, constrained. So tell me like a little bit about how you got into that.
1: Yeah. So I feel like I have the cliche story of I wanted a revenge body after a breakup, um, and that was in college, and. I had no background on nutrition, health. I feel like I was really heavily in the time where, you know, people were still bragging about not eating all day and then drinking all night. Um, and I was in a sorority too. So I was around a lot of that talk. And so um, for me, it was like I had just gotten out of a relationship. I wasn't happy with where I was at physically. Um, and I had thir- gained about 30 pounds my freshman and sophomore year of college. And I just didn't notice it until it was like, I looked in the mirror, I was like, Girl, damn, and um, you know, it was it was just a reflection period for me, and I really wanted to do the work on myself. However, because I didn't have the education, social media wasn't really like that in the sense of like spreading great information. I kind of just figured it out on my own, and I ended up losing um, that weight. However, I took an unhealthy approach, one I wouldn't recommend to people now, and it came with like a lot of trials and tribulations, and I created an unhealthy relationship with food, and it was just a really big strain in my life because I thought once I lost that weight, I would be happy and then I wasn't. And then I had a laundry list of new problems. And so my love for helping other women is to avoid that period of time, right? It's to avoid the, the trials that are just not necessary. Um, and you know the self-hatred that can come from a journey like that that you think is gonna be so empowering. Um, and I really struggled with that on my own. And so that's really why I wanted to make that difference for other women.
0: So what was your relationship with food growing up like then?
1: Yeah. So I feel like I didn't really have any negative or positive thoughts about food. I was a volleyball player and I knew I needed to eat. I was pretty active. um, So I never really thought too much about it. I ate the way I ate. My aunt, I grew up with her, um, and she was pretty much always buying, like, organic and things like that. Um, But I also, my, you know, my first job in high school was Five Guys, and I was eating that every day. And, like, I was fine, and I was eating, like, the school lunch. Um, But, yeah, it wasn't really until college when I had to make more of my own choices and the options that we had in college. I had meal swipes for, like, um, Chick-fil-A and Pizza Hut. And so that's what I was eating, and that's what they provided. And so, yeah, my relationship with food didn't really come to like a conscious place until i was in college and so you're saying that in college okay
0: you started off as what you considered more of like your standard body type for your body weight or whatever it was right and then through your transition through your relationship and your breakup and you know the things that college brings, the drinking mm-hmm. and you know, the right, and healthy right. food swipes, you gain this weight and then after that fact is when you were like, I'm gonna get into nutrition. Is that when you decided to get your certification
1: or? No, so um, I got into fitness and nutrition at the beginning, it was like the summer going into my junior year of college and so okay. during those two years, junior and senior year, that's when I was kind of taking an unhealthy approach with food. It was heavy on the food restriction. Um, I was over exercising um, and I just had just a really negative thought around food and just working out. It was always like a punishment um, rather than like, oh, I get to do this. And so it wasn't until I graduated college when I had realized, you know, I still wasn't happy regardless of the way that my body looked. And it was such a defeating feeling. And um, I just started to follow more people on social media that were coaches and people who were spreading information in an educational way. And I opened up eyes in the sense of like I can take a different approach and so I started taking a different approach for myself I started building inspiration from other people online and I was like oh there's like online coaches like people do this for a living I was like what are they really preaching like what are they really doing and then that's what inspired me to get certified and do more on the nutrition side as well because even just like a basic CBT isn't going to give that to you right so who would you
0: say is someone that you admired in the space of even if it's like influencing
1: and how do you feel about that's
0: another thing how do you feel about fitness influencers Mm -hmm. who aren't coaches or don't have, like, the background certification.
1: Yeah, so there's definitely a gray area, right? So there's the fitness influencers who are more so just sharing what they do and not really giving advice. And I think that that can be a safe space. Um, but then there's, you know, when they cross that bridge of, like, going too far and giving advice or more personal advice or they're saying, you will get the results from doing xyz and they don't have really anything to back that up that's when it's just like I don't love seeing that um I feel like for me personally I follow so many people who are similar to me that I don't see it as much you know you you get on your feed what you're like you know are interacting with um but yeah it's definitely a gray area and who did you look
0: up to at the time where you're like I want to study you I want to be like you.
1: Yeah, so I consider her a friend now, but her name is Caitlin. She um, has Strive to Thrive, and that's just like another coaching business. Um, and she was like the first co- one of the first coaches I had seen. And also, this my mentor, Kendall, she also had a fitness coaching business, and now she does more of the business coaching side. Um, but both of them, I was really, really inspired by the impact that they had in the industry.
0: Okay, I love that.
1: I feel like when I was younger,
0: um what's actually crazy is before i had met Jossie, like i used mm-hmm. to always see her stuff popping up and i was like oh yeah. i love this like she's one of those girls that i feel like preaches body positivity right 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 and like loving your body like she works out a lot and she talks about her transition through mm-hmm. like looking one way and like being super restrictive and right. not feeling her best and like obviously people probably gave her criticism because it looks different from when she first came on the scene in the right. fitness industry so i think anyone who preaches body positivity and doing what's right for your body Whatever feels good internally, Mm -hmm. even though it might not look a certain way,
1: is really important. Absolutely. And just being able to, like, appreciate your body through different phases. I mean, so many people will compare their bodies to their 16-year-old self. I'm like you barely had a period, you know? It's just like, how can you be 25 and want to be back into that 16-year-old body? It's just not possible, but it's so hard to detach yourself from it in a sense too. So it's really nice to see women go through these different stages and be like, we have to appreciate like the different stages that we're going through and acknowledge the time in, in our life where we were at that gave us that body because I can't go back to like my premenstrual body. That's just not an option, you know? Yeah, so I guess my question is, how did you
0: learn to love food in a positive way after feeling like you lost the weight and it wasn't in the healthiest manner and you're like okay I'm unhappy I'm still unhappy even though I'm at my maybe ideal weight I'm not exactly sure but like right. how did you flip the switch into like loving and having a healthy relationship with food and what that looked like in your body transition and
1: Yeah so I realized the approach I took didn't make me happy so I had to change the script and I was seeing other women and that was really the biggest thing I was like there are other women who have what I would consider an ideal body type And they have so much flexibility with their diet. I'm like, how are they doing that? And so it was really just like following other women who had what I essentially wanted. And that gave me inspiration that it can be done. Um, And then really just understanding nutrition on a deeper level, right? So when I like am taking these courses and furthering my education, you learn so much more about food. Um, That isn't just like calories in versus calories out. It's more so like how can this give me energy throughout the day and how can this actually fuel my workout so I can push myself harder and you know progressively overload in the gym you know I was eating like I don't know like maybe like 200 calories before I had like a huge leg day and that was like all I had in my stomach and I didn't eat on like 6 p.m was the last time I ate the night before like I had nothing to fuel me for that workout and so when I look back and I was recognizing you know I could be farther if I looked at food as fuel um it was a game changer for me too and just learning more about the body and what it can do I feel like it's there's a lot
0: of conflicting information out there and for right. me I find it really hard personally right because you hear the people who are like fast do the fasted workout and then mm-hmm. you hear you you're like hey like feel your body which right there's so much that plays into it obviously the more research you do it's like the hormones and like your body weight or like maybe right. like what you're looking for as far as goals and like the night the meal that you ate the night before right so tell me like what is your take on like Fasted work at your slowly. So yeah, like, fasted workouts. What, what should you eat before a workout?
1: Like, be real gran- granular. I want to know yeah. specifics for like women who maybe you're just like, what do I do? Right. So, like you said, it can depend on a lot of factors, right? And so the women that I primarily coach are weight training, okay. um, and so that is going to be different than maybe a Pilates or like a yoga, where I wouldn't necessarily say you need to have like this big meal before. Um, but with weight training, in our goal is to progressively overload, which means to rather. It's increasing your weight per week or increasing the reps per week. You're getting stronger in the gym every week, right? And so a lot of times clients will come and they'll be like, you know, I just always feel like I'm gonna black out in the middle of my workout, or like I, I just don't have the energy to finish, right? And so that comes from the pre workout nutrition. And so I always recommend that if you can't get, a meal or two before your workout, especially if you're working out in the morning, at least 50 grams of carbs, so um, so that you can get that energy in your training session to to really push and see it through. Um, but yeah, again, it's gonna it's gonna really depend per per person.
0: I think it's funny because I recently started doing this, maybe like a couple months ago. But I wake up at 6 a.m. to go to the gym, mm-hmm. and at 6 a.m. I have no energy. Right. I'm ex- I'm half asleep. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to eat at 6 a.m. I don't want to eat at 6 a.m. But it. I also get scared sometimes eating or drinking coffee on an empty stomach because I've heard what it can do. It tears up your stomach and Mm -hmm. it's not good for your insulin levels or whatever it is, your cortisol. Right. But I have maybe like a handful of blueberries or maybe like a couple pieces of watermelon. Like, how do you feel about that as far as a pre-workout? And I'm weight training. I don't think I'm doing heavy enough because I haven't seen a change in my body. But I'm like, how do you feel about that as far as like me?
1: So like a a bowl of fruit or like a banana running out the door or something like that is Perfect. Before, um, you know, like I said, I usually recommend that my clients aim for 50 grams. And sometimes, you know, a banana is like what, like 35 grams of carbs right there. Um, you can bring banana a banana with you on the go. You can also have a snack in your bag. So if you feel like you're halfway through your workout, and that's what's considered an intra-workout when you have like a snack mm. at the gym or during your workout, um, you can bring that with you. So if you feel like you're having low energy, you can have a quick carb spike, and that's going to allow you to again push through and maybe lift five pounds heavier than you were, were able to last time
0: okay and that's another thing i've never thought to eat during a workout yeah. i didn't know how that was going to go with like your digestion and like yeah so you can yeah. eat and then yeah. instantly go back to so like, you, oh, you want yeah
1: wait. you can go right back to it so you're going to want to pick a quick digesting carb. so like for example a bowl of oatmeal you probably won't physically get the energy from that for about an hour to an hour and a half after eating it because of the digestion process however a quick digesting carb if you're having like um, a banana or some people I'm sure you've seen people like have rice crispy treats yeah. like it's that quick carb that quick um, spike and that's where you're going to get your energy from in your training session. Um, I feel like before in my like early coaching days, I've always been like, yeah, just have like a rice crispy or whatever. Now I'm like, you know, let's have a, let's have some fruit. Like let's, you know, take, let's still have a whole food if we can, or, um, you know, just taking that approach rather than just like shoving a processed quick carb down your throat. But yeah. Okay. So we've,
0: we've made it to the gym. We've, we've talked about the pre-workout snack. We've gone to the gym, let's say post-gym. Mm-hmm. I hear so many different things about eat right after the gym or don't eat right after the gym or mm-hmm. eat this right, after, eat protein right after the gym or eat carbs because this is yeah. when your body's metabolizing. You know, what do you think is the best post-gym snack? Yeah. Again, I
1: think it's overcomplicated. I think the main thing you need to be worrying about specifically for your goals is how much you're eating. in in a day as a whole. As quickly as you eat it, I don't think the average person needs to pay as much attention. If you're a bodybuilder, it might be a little bit different if you're planning to step on stage and compete. Um, But for the average person, which is most people listening who are looking for advice, eat as quickly as you can so that you're not like, you know, starving after a workout. Um, But focus on high protein and good amount of carbs after, but you don't need to be rushing. It's not like it's it's not going to do much of a difference for you, whether you have it Ten minutes after your workout or an hour uh, but again for the average person just pay attention to the overall day and how much you're consuming
0: okay so if you're saying it basically doesn't matter like yeah as long it's, as your it's day not looks that good. deep
1: yeah and and I know a lot of people in the same sense are ask that question they think oh like can I eat before bed and there's all these other things right it's all these rule timings around food and Essentially, like, just do what works best for you when it comes to meal timing. Pay attention to how you feel, especially with the nighttime. A lot of people are like, Oh, can't eat late. You're going to gain weight. It's not necessarily that you're going to gain weight, it's the digestion process is so different from like going into REM sleep, and it's two processes, butting heads. And so, you want to go to bed, you want to finish eating around two hours before going to bed just so that you can finish the digestion process and then you can enter this new process, but it's not like you're gaining fat, right? And so it's like if you're hungry at 9 p.m. and you're going to bed at 9.30, like, and you really don't go to bed starving, you're probably going to have a harder time falling asleep. But um, yeah, I'm kind of rambling now. <laughs>
0: but, well, no, you're making, you're making a yeah. lot of sense. And I love that you're saying that because like me personally, something that I found, I feel like I'm in my best shape when I am giving myself two hours at least before bed. Mm-hmm. I sleep the best. I feel like I wake up feeling the best. Yeah. Um, but if I am starving, of course, like having something maybe like more protein based instead of carb based, I don't know, that just makes me feel better. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also we obviously understand that everybody has different body types. Everyone has different things going on with their hormones or just where they're starting. So this isn't information that we're saying you have to take it like this, but um, give me your perfect like day of eating. So like yeah. give me like what I eat in a day kind of, you know, when you're trying to lean out and then like a typical uh, meal a day. Yeah.
1: So. For starters I think a lot of people when they are trying to lean out or cut they're like how do I need to change like what foods need do I need to remove or what foods do I need to add it's more so like the portion sizes of things is really where you want to focus so like my full day of eating might not be that different physically with the foods that I'm choosing. It's the portion size of them. There are going to be some swaps that I make, um, but for the most part, it's portions. Um, but just like an ideal, like typical day, I, I know you would be seeing me eat my overnight oats. Like I love a good overnight oats or like an oat or something in the morning. Um, I put some Greek yogurt in there for extra protein, some fruit for some micronutrients. Um, I put some nut butter on there that's a healthy fat. And that's my breakfast of choice. Um, I am someone who is a stickler about not having caffeine on an empty stomach or having it, you know, as soon as I wake up. And so I usually push off caffeine two hours before after waking up and I always have it with a meal. So it's not like I'm having that before I eat my breakfast. So that's typically my situation. I'll have my breakfast. I'll wait a little bit and then I'll have a coffee Um, for lunch. Sometimes I'll do like a big salad, but it still has like grains in it. So like a Mexican style salad, chicken, ground beef um a ton of micronutrients from like the spinach and things like that or the salad mix um and then I'll add like a like half a cup of rice or something like that and then for dinner I love a salmon bowl like I love a fajita bowl like a shrimp bowl um I'm such a bowl girl so typically all of my breakfasts and lunch pretty much are interchangeable and they're always some type of bowl So is there snacks in there? Are you a snacker or not really? I don't snack as much, but I think it's because I'm so intentional about the way that I set up my meals that I don't really have the urge to. Um, And also understanding that, like, I've been eating kind of this way for such a long time and your body adapts in the sense that, like, a lot of people, when they start to work with me, they're like, I have these high sugar cravings. I want snacks all the time. And then when you start to change the way that you eat, your body also is going to change in terms of, like, the cravings and, you know, what your body wants and what it doesn't want. And so I used to snack a ton, but now I'm like... need to snack like that like I don't have the de- desire to but it doesn't mean I don't do it a snack usually has a protein source in it for me like a protein shake or um you know I'll have like those chomps from Trader Joe's or something like that just so I can like get a little bit of extra protein in but yeah that's typically what a snack will look like so I guess this seems like to make it super easy for
0: indigestible for people it seems prioritize protein yeah, because I'm hearing protein in pretty much every single thing. So like mm-hmm. protein to you, can you give like some examples of easy proteins to just?
1: Yeah. So again, a bowl thing, something with a bowl. So I'll do like a chicken bowl. I'll do um, like a like a stir fry with chicken, shrimp with chicken, or shrimp with um, stir fry. Um, you could you can make a sandwich with. I do organic deli turkey, a light cheese. You can get a lot of protein there. Um, whenever I have protein shakes, I typically go for a vegan option and then I'll mix that with frozen fruit. Um, some easy protein egg whites with my eggs. That's an easy one. Um, if I want like a big, like home style breakfast, I'll do like one egg and a cup of egg whites. Cause it's a ton of protein lower in fat. Um, and those are probably like my main protein sources. Okay.
0: I get frustrated in the gym personally because I feel like I work out, I work out, work out, and I don't see a lot of changes in my body. Mm-hmm. But what I do notice is that whenever I do start to lean out, the first place that loses any weight is mm-hmm. my butt. And yeah. I don't, I, I don't, like, I'm, okay, guys, I know I'm built like a stallion. <laughs> um, I don't have a lot to lose mm-hmm. in my butt because it's not like I have a BBL butt, mm-hmm. but... That's the first place I lose weight and yeah. I never feel like it falls off my stomach. Like I never feel like it feels falls off my back and arms. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that discourages me. And then I'm like, okay, like now I'm trying to like hold on to that, right. but also trying to lose the rest. Yeah. So what would you say as far as like tips for women who feel like they're experiencing the same thing? Like how do we hold on to certain areas or is that even possible?
1: Yeah, so I'm sure you might have heard that you can't spot reduce fat, right? And so it's kind of the same thing in the sense that you can't decide where you can't decide where the fat's going to leave the body, right? And if you hold more fat in your glutes, then that might be one of the areas that the quickest however there are things you can do to support that right and so again high protein is going to be really favorable in a, in a situation where you're trying to lose body fat so that you can keep the muscle mass that you do have on your body um, continuing to push in the gym and progressively overload um, I think that that can be a, another topic for sure because I think that can be complicated for a lot of people but you want to still be pushing yourself in your training sessions for sure um, and then maybe if you feel like your glute needs a little extra work maybe that's a session that you give you know another day too specifically so sometimes I'll have like two leg days but then I'll also have like a glute fo- focused accessory day that's a little bit lower impact um, but I'm still getting some more repetitions in for my glute so there's a couple ways to support it and then of course you know just generally looking at your nutrition that's going to play a huge role as well.
0: How, do you, how many days would you say the average person should be working out?
1: Yeah, average is so hard because everybody has different jobs. Um, I would say, you know, between three and four. I have some clients who generally cannot work out more than three sessions a week, and they make amazing progress with those three sessions because they're so intentional. Um, and obviously, they're, you're, they are curated for them. Um But then we have some girls on the team who work out five days a week, and that's great for them. So it's so important to look at your lifestyle, what makes sense for you. I think a lot of people set themselves up to fail when they are like overnight nurses and are working like back-to-back-to-back shifts, but they're also trying to hit five workouts. Like, that just doesn't work for your lifestyle, so let's pick one that's going to decrease the overall stress in your life, you know you're going to be able to show up for and you can push hard for because you have the energy for. So I'd rather have like three really great sessions where your energy is super high and you have um, the capacity to show up for it rather than like five half-assed sessions, essentially. That makes sense.
0: And I feel like something that you're you're saying that's recurring is intention, intention, mm-hmm. intention. And
1: I feel like for women there's
0: fear around losing weight or like getting into the shape that they want to or like feeling their best because there has to be so much intention I feel like Mm -hmm. it becomes your whole world like now you have to start you know you can meal prep or now you have to go to the grocery store and like look for specific things that might be foreign to you or like outside of your understanding um so like what how can you soothe people's thoughts when it's like the fitness and your well-being is basically going to consume your whole day I feel like at this point like you have to be thinking about it you have to be intentional with it which means Mm -hmm. it's going to take a lot of energy I feel like that scares a lot I feel like that scares a lot of women.
1: Yeah, it I think it can be to a level consuming in the beginning, especially because it might be that you're adding in or doing things so differently than your normal life. Um, but I think you start to build an appreciation for the like the way that you show up and how you see it, not just physically affect you, but mentally, like your mental clarity, your energy throughout the day. And it's like, oh, I wanna show up like this. Like, I'm gonna go out of my way to show up like this. Like, yes, it was extra work in the beginning, but I understand the the outcome and what I get out of it. Um, and also one step at a time. Like it's so, it's so interesting and so funny to me. Like we always talk about like this fitness journey, this fitness journey. It's just life. Like, let's be so honest. Like, it's just life. You're never going to wake up one day, look in the mirror and be like, I'm going to stop taking care of myself. Like you're never going to do that. You're not on this journey that has an end. You're just living your life and you're trying to feel your best both physically and mentally while you do it. And so when I think you take the pressure off of like, I need to see these results in X amount of time, X, Y, Z for a trip, and you take that pressure off, it becomes so much more manageable and achievable. And does that that's idea of being so afraid of the change it just becomes a little less frightening when you know you have time to do it and implement it and I'm always like one step at a time like you don't need to change your whole process and you know do add five different new things to your routine pick one get it down implement it into your routine add another do the same thing add another Mm -hmm. and then you're going to realize that you know time goes by you're starting to see results but it wasn't overwhelming because you took one step at a time I feel like with anything
0: fitness related or health related or weight loss related or getting into shape related, there can be stigma to certain people online. So mm-hmm. I feel like you have a presence on Instagram and maybe you've had people in your DMs being like, why are you advocating for women to want to you know, change the way that they look? Or I don't know if you've ever had like someone say hateful things. I know I have. Whenever I speak about wanting to be in the best shape of my life, right. I feel like women get kicked back and they're like, that's so anti-body positive. But I'm like, right. that's... I think that's detrimental to a lot of women to feel like you should shame someone else for wanting to feel and look their best. Mm -hmm. Um, So what would you say to those kind of women who look at someone wanting to lose weight or someone wanting to feel their best or someone wanting to like recomposition their body Mm -hmm. as a negative thing?
1: Yeah. So I think that we can say that that person needs to look inward, right? It's like they're projecting something and, um, again, going back to my clients, I I talk to so many people and potential clients on calls who have that, they're almost afraid to vocalize to me that they want to make physical changes, even though they're on the phone with a trainer who like, that's why they're looking to sign up for the program, but they can't say it. They they can't really say like, I want to lose X amount of weight or I want to look different. They're like, you know, I love myself, but you know, I just want to feel better. I'm like, you can also vocalize the things that you want to see too. And I think that that's okay. It's we are in such a body positive era um, that people are afraid to work on themselves because they think that that's showing them that's saying oh I don't love myself like I don't love my body you can absolutely love the body you're in and want more or want something different or want something that serves you more a lot of people are in a body that they feel does not serve them oh I, I you know walk up the steps and I feel like out of breath right and I'm 26 years old or I wanna have kids and I wanna run around with them and I, I can't even do that with myself now. And so there's so much same, a shame associated with wanting to change I think right now but um, when you take the time to look inward and understand your why, I think that can kind of help people fear less the the judgment of wanting to change. Um, also I always tell people this, I'm like listen, I want you to get the body of your dreams too, however you can't hate the body you're in that's gonna get you there. Like. You're going to look back and be so appreciative that that body worked their ass off to get you to where you want to be. And so I think when you take when you flip the switch like that and look at it from that perspective, you're like, oh, I can create self-love while still working towards something that's going to serve me better. Absolutely. That's like such an important conversation that I think people need to have is that self-love doesn't
0: mean Staying exactly the way that you are. Mm -hmm. I think people think that self love is I have to love myself like this and this is infinite and this is the only option. Right. I think real self love is looking yourself in the mirror and not like necessarily visually, but like reflecting and being Mm -hmm. like, do I feel good? Right. When I, when I walk into a room, how do I feel? Right. When I'm going through life, how do I feel? And that can be how do you visually feel yourself? How do you mentally feel yourself? How do you mm-hmm. physically feel yourself? And then I think true love is being able to change and be the person that you want to be, Absolutely. regardless of you know, who's telling you what to do or you know, what society says. It's like mm-hmm. making that change for yourself. So I feel like that's like a really important conversation that needs to be had. And I also want women to feel very comfortable knowing that you can get on a phone with a personal trainer and say, I want to look different. That's right. completely fine. You can look however you want to look mm-hmm. and and feel empowered in that. And it doesn't mean that you hate yourself. It right. means you love yourself so much that you know what you're capable of and you're capable of putting yourself in a different position visually, mentally, physically than you are right now.
1: Mm-hmm. And it takes a lot. It's it's hard to ask for help. I. It's so interesting that so many women try to do this by themselves for so long and will be in the same cycle for 10 years and they'll, they'll get on the phone with me and they'll be like, you know, I just feel like I should have figured this out myself and I'm like, why? Like yeah. who who taught who's teaching us? Who in school is telling us how to eat? Who in school is telling us how to move our bodies in a healthy way? Like why should you know? Like did your mom know? Did her mom know? Nobody really knows, right? And it's like the same sense of like Therapists need therapists, doctors need doctors, Like all of that, we all need help. No one is above that and I think that people just feel so much that they need to figure out this fitness thing on their own and it's so okay to ask for help and it's so okay to vocalize that you wanna be in a different position and I'm such a stickler on the fact that I know that a fitness journey is just a catalyst for other things like feeling good in your body and treating your body correctly from the inside out is going to allow you to show up better like you like you said hold your head up higher in a room but also it's going to give you mental clarity when you start to feel like an actual human and less of a shell which a lot of people just feel like a shell and don't know it Mm -hmm. um and then you start to take care of yourself like wow like i I can really get through the day, like, I don't need that nap, and all of these things, you know, you're going to get that promotion, like, you're going to be able to to travel the way you wanted to, you know, you're going to be able to attract the type of people in your life that you want, because you know that you're, you're giving yourself that self-love, that now you know that you're worthy enough to receive it from, from anyone, you know. I agree.
0: I feel like a common question that a lot of women are going to have, and that I sometimes have for other people, Mm -hmm.
1: how do you stay motivated? It's, it's fleeting motivation is fleeting right and I know you hear it all the time I'm sure like discipline discipline and I think it does come down to that but again when you are on this journey for long enough in a healthy balanced way you start to feel it when you're not doing it anymore right like I'm self-motivated because I want to feel good during the day like I want to feel good when I'm you know going through my day-to-day emotions, like, I don't want to feel low energy, like, I don't want to feel constipated, because I've been eating out for, like, X amount of days in a row, because I know what that feels like, and so, even when I travel sometimes, right, I, I, like, will travel for maybe, like, two weeks at a time, and I'm so, like, out of my routine, in a sense, I come home, and I crave it, because I know how good I'm gonna feel, and so, my motivation isn't just a physical, like, I want to look this way, my motivation is, I truly want to feels so good and i know that that comes when i'm on my routine i feel like yeah to me motivation is discipline which is we all know that Mm -hmm.
0: habit because discipline becomes your habits, mm-hmm. your habits become your disciplines, and then the way that I feel. And I think that people who have maybe never felt really good in their life, like mm-hmm. who haven't been in a place where they have a lot of energy, they love the way that they're feeling internally, they love the way that they look physically, maybe they don't have a reference point for like, exactly. this feels really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do that in my life where it comes to food, even more recently alcohol, like I mm-hmm. haven't really been drinking, right. I haven't been drinking at all, it doesn't entice me, mm-hmm. because I'm starting to realize the way that I feel without yeah. alcohol, mm-hmm makes me feel so much better than I when I had alcohol. so funny because I
1: feel like we're all kind of in that wave like I'm the same like I'll have a like a like a drink or two or whatever when I'm like traveling and sometimes you know like you're gonna have a couple more when you're traveling but like at home I'm like I literally have zero desire because it makes me feel like shit for multiple days like the older we get to it's just like so much harder um so yeah I feel you with that for sure it's
0: actually funny to me because whenever I go somewhere and I don't drink, people are always like, oh, my God, like, what happened? Like, you don't right, drink. Right. As if maybe, like, I had, like, some kind of trauma or maybe, like, you know, mm-hmm. I'm a public, like alcoholic or yeah. they almost act like it's a disability. Like, oh, right. why don't you drink? What's right. wrong? Right. Versus that's so empowering. Like, congrats. Like, it shouldn't be a social norm for us to, like, drink. It yeah. shouldn't be a social norm where you go to a party where you have to have a drink. Right. And then I have those friends who force, try to force drinking upon right. me. Right. And I'm starting to look at anyone who forces drinking upon me like, you're not my actual friend.
1: Yeah, I've had to have some stern conversations where it's just like, I love you, I value our friendship, but if I say I'm not doing something, bottom line, that's it. Like, I need you to respect that. And you know, it's been the back and forth of, well, you know, I just want you to have fun. I just like, I want you to listen up. Like, I just like, I don't want you to be stressed or like, I was like, I can have a good time. And then it's like all of a sudden because you're having that conversation, now now you're mad, and so now you're not having a good time. It's like because of the conversation itself, not because I chose not to drink. It's like, well, yeah, now I'm more uptight because you won't drop it, you know what I'm saying? Um, but yeah, it's just like, it's it's such the norm. It's so crazy how relatable that is mm-hmm.
0: and, and how I can relate to that on so many levels it's people I want you to have fun mm-hmm. I want you to loosen up right I, I just want you to have a good time like old D this old D that right that's not me one whoever that old person is that you're thinking in their head my college self right my post-college I'm self my college self. my traumatized self my right. post-breakup self if that's mm-hmm. what you're referring to those are all the worst versions of myself mm-hmm. and then to tell someone who has a personality you have a personality sober you have a personality right, right. now I have a personality sober I have a personality right. right now to say that you want us to loosen up is almost offensive to mm-hmm. me as if the, who I truly am as a person isn't right, enough. Right. Because the version that I am with alcohol in me, it's not really me. Right. And it, you
1: won't even remember it tomorrow, so why do you care? Why do you care? Why?
0: So we can go out to a club that's right. dimly lit, and we can stand around because no one in L.A. dances. Right. And just hold a drink and just try look to get at each into section. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's not a good time to me. Mm-hmm. And there are times where I go out and maybe I'll go to a club or maybe I'll go to a bar without drinking. And one, it just makes me so much more aware of how crazy people act when they're drunk. Mm-hmm. I'm almost like you're annoying me like you're you're when you're screaming in my ear so you're spitting on my face right
1: you notice all the little things three
0: you're stepping on everybody that you pass and I'm starting to realize you know there's times where we go to really nice restaurants and everyone's so drunk that they don't realize how they've been acting and I'm like oh
1: my gosh I'm embarrassed right like yeah no I'm the same way and yeah I've definitely toned down the drinking so much which I'm I have obviously so much mental clarity doing that um also you start to just like self-doubt and be like who am I as a person when you know when you're hungover and it's just like you just spiral like so unnecessarily um but yeah I'm, I'm glad that we're both kind of on the same wave with that I'm definitely like not sober by any means like I go on trips and I like I have my fun um but in a more standard like routine setting it's just like It's just not it.
0: Yeah. And this is not to say that I'm never going to pick up a glass of alcohol. Mm -hmm. I more than likely will. I plan on getting drunk at my wedding. I plan on,
1: you know, if my friend has a
0: birthday party and I want to drink, I'm just making it not a common choice. I don't want you to look at me and say automatically, like, she's going to be drinking tonight because 90% of the time I'm not. Mm -hmm. I've also found that not drinking in social settings has really helped my confidence Mm -hmm. because People don't realize how much you use alcohol as a crutch. Oh, for sure. For confidence, they call it liquid courage, mm-hmm. and I didn't realize until I started going to those spaces without alcohol mm-hmm. how much courage you have to have. So much
1: courage. You so have, and it's a, it's a, you have to practice. Yeah. Like it is a it skill is a that practice. needs to be practiced going on sober. Um, but then you also realize that even like you know the men that you maybe wanted to have a conversation with when you were like drunk, sober, you're like I don't even want to talk to that man. And even goes further to imagine dates. There was a time where I'd go on dates and I'd get blackout drunk
0: with Oh yeah. a guy on the first date. And right. I'm like, Me too. what did we even talk about? What did we even talk about? Do I even like
1: this man? Do I even like
0: you? Right. And then you just have the memory of having such a good time with them. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, that's why I like you. But I'm like, I didn't even ask you any of the core questions that right. I would want to know. Nor do I remember right. the quality of the conversation.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I feel like that's so detrimental. in right. dating intentionally now that you know, I'm 27 and I consider right. myself you know, older, mm-hmm. more mature, I'm like, I don't even like the idea of having a date on a first drink, or having a drink on the Got first, you, you know, I was like, mm-hmm. having a drink on the first date, because I don't want my judgment to be clouded, mm-hmm. I don't want that to be a crutch for mm-hmm. me getting along with you in our natural chemistry, right, we should have chemistry without alcohol, right, or else you're not the person for me, right, so, I feel like that's really interesting and beautiful to look at. As mm-hmm. people who, I don't know who's listening to this, maybe you're con- you know considering dropping alcohol for an amount of time, you really do feel good. Mm-hmm. And it's very empowering. But again, it's not taboo. Right. This is not to talk down on anyone who drinks. No. I used to drink like a fish.
1: I think everyone's on their own journey for sure with it. Um, yeah, and I'm not looking at my friends who drink more than me and thinking any type of way about it because, again, we're all on our own journeys. Right. Also, yeah, I'm about to turn 27 too, and I think age like has a huge... Part to play in all of that especially because we feel it so much more like the effects of it um also our frontal cortex she's developed now yeah so we're making big girl choices and so I feel like it, it, everyone in their own time for sure
0: I loved and this is to go back to food I love 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 the overnight oats recipe mm-hmm. and I want you to know that I eat it every day okay? it's amazing. let's start to start off with yeah. but I want our listeners to know how to make this overnight oats yeah. recipe and guys I'll also tag her in this episode so that you can see it because it is amazing it's so good can you break it down do you have yeah. the measurements can, can you be specific
1: yeah so you're gonna do a half a cup of oats oats of your choice you can do steel cut organic whatever you want to do um, I've been typically going for the organic recently so I'll do a half a cup of dry oats I do one cup of milk, which is um, a milk alternative Pretty clean ingredient. You can choose the milk of your choosing here. Um, I will do about a tablespoon of maple syrup. I add usually around a cup of yogurt. It's gonna be like a Greek yogurt, a high protein yogurt. Again, you can be flexible with the flavor and what brand and all of that. Cinnamon. What else do I add to it?
0: Vanilla extract. Vanilla extract? I've I studied her you recipe. Know,
1: vanilla extract. Uh, half a tablespoon of vanilla extract. It's pretty low. Um, and then you mix it all together. You can, I put chia seeds in it too. You can do chia seeds. You can put the fruit in it overnight if you want to. I like to top it with the fruit in the morning. So you put it in the fridge overnight. In the morning you pop it out. She's thicker, but she's like, cool. Like I just love the consistency of it. I'll put strawberries or blueberries, top it with peanut butter. She's essential, a little bit more cinnamon and you're good to go. It's so good. It's so comforting. Like it's a little sweet treat in the morning. Like, it just hits. It just hits. It's so crazy because it's so refreshing. And mm-hmm. it's it weird It's weird to say that a breakfast
0: food is refreshing, but it's, like, warm but cold but refreshing but filling but light yeah. but, like, airy. And and comforting. So comforting. So nice. I put my little twist onto it. So what I do for my recipe, I do the base all the same, the chia seeds, vanilla extract, maple syrup, a little bit of Greek yogurt. Um, she does cup. I do, like, maybe, like, three big, you know, spoonfuls mm-hmm. or maybe, like, two big spoonfuls. Because uh, it does add a little bit of like a tart to it, yeah. and I'm not like I'm more of like creamy, so that's like a little bit of a tart. I do blueberries and then cashew butter.
1: Yummy. I love. Cashew. I don't know if I've ever had cashew butter. Cashew I Need butter. to get on it.
0: It's amazing. It's very expensive. Yeah, well, it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. The economy these days. I'm like, guys, I need to get a it's, cashew press. Yeah, it's press. something rough out
1: here. Like, like can we grow cashew? Like, yeah. how can we make it happen?
0: I need to start making my own cashew butter, but it's because I stopped eating peanut butter because one peanut butter is like more inflammatory like of the nut butters apparently Mm -hmm. and for me i'm like going through this journey of like figuring out my health and i feel like i have a lot of inflammation Mm -hmm. and so trying to cut as many like inflammatory you know things Mm -hmm. from my diet and so i just found cashew butter is is very similar to a peanut butter in it's creaminess and Mm -hmm. like it gives the same effect to me yeah so anyone out there who wants to find a peanut butter alternative if you don't like peanut butter if you're allergic cashew butter try it Mm -hmm. um a couple more questions. One of them is, who is your idol? Not fitness idol, it could be anyone. Like, who do you look up to? Hmm. And why?
1: That's a hard question. I feel like I have people that I idolize for different reasons or look up to for different reasons. I would say, right now, my idol in life. And take your time.
0: you me on I know. I just want to, it doesn't have to be your yeah. idol for life. It can be someone that... You're inspired by that you look Mm -hmm. up to that they like set a really good framework for how you has like maybe has shaped you or like you know someone that's inspired you in different ways or like changed your life in a certain way
1: yeah so i would say i'm always always inspired by my first business mentor kendall um she started in the fitness industry and now she does business coaching and her the way that she shows up has not changed since the minute that i came across her on social media and the impact that she has on people i mean i would not literally be sitting in front of you today if it were not for this woman, and so I feel like I I always look up to her, and she's just such an inspiration, and she just shows up so confidently as herself, and she hasn't strayed in any sense. The more money she makes has not changed her, and um, she truly cares at her core to make an impact in this world, and in my life, she she has, and you know that I've been able to impact so many people because of her, right? That domino effect, and so. She's just, she's always going to be someone I, I, get inspi- I get inspiration from and I'm inspired by.
0: I love that. And I really appreciate people who are authentically themselves. Mm-hmm. I feel like true self-love is being authentic and not feeling like you have to fit into a box. And right. if not, everybody understands you because right. we're not all meant to be understood. And that's completely fine. So I really love that she's authentic and inspires confidence in you. So I think that's really beautiful. Um, so two different questions that I'm going to be ending off each podcast with. Mm-hmm. So the first one. And you could answer this or, you you know, whatever makes you feel comfortable. What is an insecurity of yours that you had to overcome and how did you overcome it? Now, this can be something that you've talked about already or maybe a different insecurity.
1: Yeah. Okay. Insecurity that I've had to overcome. Um, Honestly, it can be physical or anything. It can be anything physical, mental, social. Yeah. I would say... Probably physically, my nose. Mm. I got bullied so much when I was younger, and I didn't realize that you like a lot of people grow into it. And even like looking back at pictures, I was like, yeah, it was, it was, it didn't fit on my face. Um, but that's something that I've had to. I, well, I personally don't think I'd ever have it in me to get a nose job, and so I think that that's something I've had to learn to love. And now I like can see that it fits my face so much more. But it's just like it's taken so much time to to get to that point where I'm like you know what, you're beautiful, like, it does fit your face, and I don't need to think back on the people who, like, bullied me back in the day, I mean, we were in, like, sixth grade, you know.
0: I love that, so it's pretty much, like, over time, you just grew to love it, it wasn't anything that you had to go out of your way and do?
1: No, it wasn't, well, so, yes and no, Um, I think it's more so, like, I've had to, I've had to go out of my way to accept the fact that, like, this is, this is the way it looks, but now I can see it for what it is, versus, like, see it for, when I was so much younger, when it, like, didn't fit my face as well, and now it does, so. I love that.
0: Okay. And the last question Mm -hmm. is, what do you love about yourself, and why? It could be physical, mental, social, anything.
1: I think I kind of mentioned it in the, like, the overview that you gave me in the beginning, but my ability to communicate with people in a digestible way I think that can come with anything that I do, not just like fitness and nutrition based, but I think that I can share a similar experience to a lot of people and be able to vocalize it in a way that they can truly understand it and get the the tips that I'm trying to like bring across. Like for example, not fitness and nutrition related. I've, I guess this is also an insecurity. I always struggled with my natural hair. So I'm really happy that I'm sitting here right now with my curly it's hair. It's stunning. But thank you. I've always struggled with that. And so even just being able to share my experience with that, um, in a way that, is well spoken and understandable and digestible and people are like regardless if they felt this in their life or not they under they were able to understand um it's it's really i feel like it's a really beautiful quality to have so i love that no i love it
0: well thank you so much sarah for coming to the podcast we had an amazing conversation i'm happy that you were able to join us And you guys, thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. And podcasts are going to be dropping bi-weekly. So every other week, stay tuned. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me.